0: Three, two, one. You ain't seen nothing yet. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Let's Dig In podcast. I'm your host, Chef Rich Rosendell, and I'm joined by my co hosts, Christopher Ryloff and Rachel Barnett. And this week, we've got a great guest. He is a chef entrepreneur, a culinary educator, and also a history-making chef. He's the first African-American chef to pass the grueling certified master chef exam, Daryl Schuler, a uh, very inspiring person. We talked to him about what it's been like going through 2020 as an entrepreneur, how he's been shifting gears. You can tell from talking with him, he is all about what making it happen, whatever it takes. Uh, Daryl's a super humble person, a good friend, and an inspiring chef and person. Uh, Before we get started with the show, I want to give a quick shout out and say thank you to our sponsors, Vitamix. Listen, I'm telling you, I know equipment. I'm a certified master chef, a professional. I know great equipment and Vitamix makes the best blenders on the planet. I know this because they actually let me come into the factory and put one of the blenders together. One of the things I was most blown away with is the quality of all the little pieces that go into making one of their appliances it is top-notch impeccable quality and attention to detail so check out their website for their full range of appliances they are the experts in blending technology and it's just an incredible product and before we get started i also want to say thank you to all of you out there that continue to watch the show please like and subscribe uh, to our podcast. You can also watch the video version of the podcast at Rosendell Collective on YouTube, and we are everywhere you find your favorite podcast. So without further ado, Daryl Shuler, let's dig in. Chef Daryl Schuler, a good friend of mine from, from way back, uh, a certified master chef, uh, but also an entrepreneur. I mean, we we really try to pick people on the show. I mean, I didn't want to just like do a show that was just like, hey, let me just pick a a different person every week. I mean, we really think about who do we want to talk to because a lot of it is us getting inspiration uh, and learning. I mean, we learn a lot from the people that we talk to. But I'll tell you, Daryl, I mean, I've been really watching over the last several years, and you have – I mean, obviously from taking the CMC exam, uh, and I knew the first time I met you way back in the uh, Olympic days, um, you know, it was was crazy – you know, I, I knew you had uh, that strong work ethic and and, and all of that, but uh, you really kind of kept that momentum up, and really wanted to be able to have the opportunity to to hear, you know, what things what you're what you're doing now, and um and and uh, be able to have a conversation with you. So thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Rich. Uh, listen, it's, it's a true honor to be here. Um, you know, we was coming up through the ACL and, and really pursuing our goals, especially for me um you know coming from central florida the only thing you wanted was inspiration you know because you know in a situation like that you don't have a whole lot of people guiding you down the right road and so i could have easily been a statistic you think about it single mom no father around uh poor education system down there uh and then coming to a big city like atlanta back in 1992 and just really diving into the hospitality industry and to be here as a cmc um uh, you gotta you gotta give that up to people who have been inspirations um chefs like you Uh, a lot of chefs uh, that I've been able to meet. Just taking some of those attributes and applying it to myself, because I think it's so important that, you know, when I go out and tell my story, I really want young men and women who came from situations like me to really see that there's other options out there, Rich. You know, to be able to travel the world and, and really never had to spend your money to leave this country simply for food and being good, being a good team member, that's a story that, you know, if I can do it, someone else can do it. So, you know, to be here, to be able to share this, uh, my story on this podcast with you, Rich, and your team, I think is just totally awesome, and thank you so much, man.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've you've always kind of had that, uh, obviously, you've had that work ethic, but you also had, there, there's something else that it takes. I mean, people may have the skills, but it also has, there's that drive, and I mean, I knew that from the first time that I've met you, but man, oh man, I mean, just in the last couple of years, I mean, I've been watching, like checking out your your website and the institute, uh, all these different initiatives, uh, I would love to kind of hear about, like, maybe the last couple of years, the trajectory of, of getting all these different things kind of up and, and going and telling us, obviously, we want to know, like, how did 2020, uh, how has that maybe impacted some of those different uh, businesses, mm-hmm. but maybe kind of give us like a uh, an overview of, of the company and all the different services that, you, that you're offering now.
1: Well, the the vision for this uh, Schuler Hospitality Group began many years ago, and it was part of my long term strategy: one, to be on the Olympic team; two, to become a CMC, and to use all those attributes to really open up doors for things that I want to do in my career. So here I am. Uh, I'm here in Atlanta. I've actually took over the old Le Cordon Blue Building, which I was the director of education here for five years. So it's kind of crazy to come back to your old home. Oh wow! Uh, but one of the things I wanted to do, yeah, it, it, it just it just happened like that. Um, and then it also lined up perfectly with what's going on here in 2020 with the COVID. You know, people are thinking, like, how in the world, Daryl, would you launch all these businesses uh, during this period of time? But I think it's during these times yeah, where you ambitious. have the best. I mean, it, I'm sorry to interrupt,
0: but it's so ambitious to do even in normal times. <laughs> but, I mean, 2020 is just hats off to you for even, you know, going after it.
1: You know, I guess when you don't really have a whole lot of options, I think you gotta really lean on your 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 morals, your your passion, the skills that you have, and say, how do I survive? How do I get through this period of time without letting my family down or letting people around me down? Um, so I was like, hey, you know what? I've always had a passion for education. Let's create a program to where we can really show this next generation. The true fundamentals of cooking, but do it on a high level and do it in a way to where it's a complete ecosystem. And what I mean by that is I really partner with a lot of corporations to really help support the financial uh, Needs of these students going through my program because how do you oh, balance wow. the plan field for a lot of people you give them the education and tools they need for the long run, right but then you don't send them out the door with heavy debt because then it takes another 20 years for you to release that back, okay? So by us creating this uh, environment, this entrepreneur type of environment to where corporations come in, they support these individuals going through our program. It's a merit-based program to where you have to earn it in order to achieve it. Um, but sending them out into the industry with a lot more intense training, hands-on day one operation. So it's a real restaurant, which is Farm Kitchen to Bar, which is the flagship of the program. The students are cooking day one in an environment um, to where it's not that hidden secret world that you typically see in most culinary programs. Right. And, and, and the reason why I'm passionate about this, Rich, is because I've been there on all different levels. So I was a student, I was an educator, and I was an administrator at, at one of the largest programs in the country. And I've seen the writing on the wall. And what happened was back in the 90s, when people were really getting into the culinary field, you see this big boom of culinary schools pop up throughout the country. And what happened was it was good for that time. But then what happened was this new generation started to look a little bit different. So they started looking at other resources like their phones and Instagram and social media. And now they're looking at the instructor in front of them and saying, hey, you don't match what I see on my device or what I can see uh, just watching a video online and so the curriculum in a lot of these schools became a crutch for the faculty versus keeping up with the demand of the student so you have this huge divide between the two so then you send sending students out in the industry and they're shell shocked because they don't know how to work on the line properly they really don't know how to interact with the shelf they really don't know all those soft skills that we really demand uh, and so I've, I've seen that i was a part of it so i said to myself I wanted to create a program to where the industry respected what Daryl did. I didn't really care about having the numbers. I don't want to have a population of students that's 2,000. I really want to select those individuals who really have that passion. You can tell the ones at an early age who are really passionate about it. Um, and so, um, so we created this program to where the students are really getting hands on uh, uh, um, education and then going out into the industry with limited debt
0: well I, I mean, I feel like one of the things that you you brought up that I feel not even just with culinary schools, but across the country in schools in general, uh, one of the biggest things is you understanding that the the product needs to be different for for today's uh, students that are coming through it because as you mentioned. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, I mean, they have they're seeing different things. I mean, there's different devices and, and mm-hmm. understanding and trying to be proactive and putting a program together that kind of meets the, the needs of the student today. I think that even beyond culinary school, there's probably other educational programs that, that also probably need to really kind of rethink um, what the product is. And the product is the, the education and, and the debt part of it. Uh, man, oh, man, I, I think, I mean, more, more people should know about that and be inspired by that. There's not a lot of schools that go into it with that kind of a concept. So hats off to you for that.
1: Thank you. And if you think about it, it's really what our society should be. I mean, you think about in this day and age, everything is so left and right. And they don't know how to come together in a unified manner. Okay, so you have corporations that have big money. You know, you get with the right corporation that believe in your mission and have them to support your overall outcome, right? Which is, let's keep people off the streets. Let's keep, let's keep the students in, out of and being in front of the police. You know, those are the things that's really important to me. Because if you don't give them a playground to play on, they're going to go play somewhere else and get in trouble. So I think with that initiative, people believe in that. So they want to support it. So they'll give you uh, support financially. They'll give you support as far as, you know, equipment that you may need. So there are a lot of ways that you can through those relationships. And at the same time, really bring in a group of people that really believe in, hey, one day I can be great. And I tell my story like, listen, I'm no one special. You know, I use other people to really use, you know, to be my inspiration. But it took hard work. It took being humble. It took uh, going through a lot of failures. You know, everything in my life hasn't haven't been, you know, successful. Rich, you know that, you know, we, yeah. we've all felt down quite a bit. But that's what, uh, that's, that's part of the story but you need someone to really inspire you and really show you that you can get there. And, and that's what this is really about community, bringing the community in. nothing is hidden; is right out in front of you. It's an open kitchen. People can come in and sit down and have a sandwich or a lunch and really see what's going on and let those students feel the pressure of being in a restaurant. You want to be in the restaurant industry, here it is. And so that's my program. I believe in it. I believe that, especially, you know, kids from my generation and from my, my community, they really need to understand that you have to be a global citizen in order to break down the barriers that people think is placed is there because of racism. Like I never used a race car for anything. I I accept my failures. I, I celebrated my successes, but I've always kept myself open to network with people to learn from other people and use that as a stepping ground to get to the level that I'm at now.
0: Well, and you know, one of the things that I feel like is to, uh, more conversations should be happening that all of us as Americans, all of us, instead of like pointing the f- uh, the finger with like political parties and, you know, uh, the different various cultures, we really need to have more conversations about how to address um, problems and really think about programs that are going to really raise everybody up and they're going to create opportunities and clear the path. Because when you do that, then that that synergy. I mean, it's it's contagious. You know, uh, communities prosper. Uh, you know, I love. I mean, for me, I don't know. It's like over the years, it's it's kind of ironic because in the education, you know, teaching people in doing that, I feel like I've kind of learned almost more than anybody else in the process somehow. You know, because you know, I'm 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 just going into these environments and you learn you know things about about people. And, and it was also a tremendous return on that. So, I mean, I could listen, we could, I could talk, get off on a tangent and talk all day about, you know, your ideas are very inspiring. And uh, it's, again, it's a big reason we wanted to bring you on to the show. Um, Daryl, In as you know, though, like with 2020 has just been like an uppercut. Um, I mean, it's just been like, if I feel like we're like li- living through this movie, um, has there been, I mean, cause obviously there's been a lot of planning with all these initiatives that you, all the, all the businesses that you wanted to get up and running and you had a plan, I'm sure we're leading up to, uh, launching it. Has there been any things in 2020 that you've had to, um, adjust it, it with the business? Like, and, and how have you done it?
1: Well, the, the, the original rollout for our business model was to launch the school back in July. And of course COVID hit Excuse me. Social distancing becomes an issue, and then of course schools—you know—students are not going to school. So how do I pivot and keep this thing going? So we decided to launch the restaurant first, and just try to get some momentum with that, and then bring on students in January. So we we definitely had to do some some uh, maneuvering around of our business model, um, but at the same time, because the whole world was on pause. It gave us a lot of time to really build some of the other entities that we wanted to build in 2021. Prime example, we have an online program called Plated, and which is a platform for chefs to get on and really showcase their style of cooking. They can do it virtually, um, you know, all all levels of skill set. And so we was able to get that up and going. We have a whole entire team designated for that program. And then we also went ahead and built our uh, catering company, which is called Earth First, which is really centered around sustainability and just really good cooking. And that's really important for me simply because, you know, being African American, I'm always looked upon because, you know, being the first minority to pass the CMC exam, uh, I think it's important for me to show that uh, our cuisine, which is considered soul food, uh, yes, it was grown out of innovation, but innovation stopped. And that's the reason why you see a lot of shelves around the country taking soul food and putting their spin to it, whether it's a load of Italian, whether it's a load of French or whatever. They infuse other cultures to evolve uh, soul food. Um, and so what I'm doing is, and I go around and I'll tell this to whenever I do presentations, Rich, is that what would our food look like if African-Americans or Africans or enslaved people came over as free ambassadors? What would we have on our tables? Would it be the food that was generated out of you know, uh, you know, being slaves or whatnot, or would it be a little bit more robust? Would it be a little bit more influenced from our, our native land? And so I really want to tell that story, uh, and really get people to start thinking more about Southern food and that it doesn't have to be those six staples that are just latent with sugars and fats and things that are good, but it's not good for you, uh, especially with diabetes and heart disease running in our families. Uh, I think it's for me, my mission to really show that it can be done. And that's the reason why I created the catering company called Earth First, because I want people to understand that nature provided us the majority of what we need for us to be good chefs. We just got to be stewards of it and do it the right way with proper fundamentals and really think about, you know, the end result. And at at the end, the result is good health and and, and good nutrition.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I was looking at some of the menus. I thought that they looked uh, looked stellar. And um, you can definitely see. Uh, the story, you know, there's, there's a lot of thought that goes into the food. And, uh, and also I just, all the visuals with uh, you know, the recipes and everything like that is just terrific. So um, really good stuff. Hey guys, we are going to get right back to the conversation with Daryl Schuler. I am enjoying it, but before we do real quick, wanted to mention we're getting ready to open up the residence club, which is a brand new restaurant located 45 minutes South of Miami uh, at a private club it's a beautiful restaurant and retail area. Uh, but one of the appliances that we're really excited about is the quiet one. It is a blender that is made by Vitamix that is, has the same performance that you know and love from Vitamix, but it has a sound enclosure around the blender. That means you can make frozen drinks and smoothies, you name it, and you're not going to have the loud noise that you normally would have with most blenders. So the same performance and quality and blending technology, but just much quieter. Okay, let's get back to the show with Daryl Shuler.
2: Uh, Chef, Chris here. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, if you have to put, because of the pandemic, too, if you have to put any of the projects on hold, you just said about the, that you, uh, you prefer to, go, to move forward with some of them before the other ones. So uh, a little bit about that. If you can tell us how the pandemic was uh, affecting any of your projects, that would be great to know.
1: Well, um, it it slowed us down far as, you know, opening up to the community, of course. Um, But for me, I think as chefs and restaurant owners and people that that are in the industry, I think innovation is what we do. I think you have to be innovative. Like if you're not innovative, like why are you in hospitality? Because every second you're innovating, you're changing your shift. I mean, I don't know like what shift you work on that you didn't have to pivot. So to look at this situation, then we had to strategize. That's the reason why you surround yourself with intelligent people smarter than you so that we can look at how do we just get by day to day and really could continue our momentum. Because if other companies can do it, we can as well. And so I really don't understand why, you know, some people are just like throwing in the towel run away. And I get it. It's not my place to say that. But for us and our team, we wanted to be innovative, think about what we needed to do. So we spent a lot of time really negotiating and talking with a lot of our corporate partners and really painting a picture of what the future can be for the industry when it comes back. Now, how does that industry look like? We don't know, but someone has to be prepared for it. And so we know that we're gonna need a workforce. We know that the future lies in those individuals who are not in the industry right now. So we have to have the gateway for our future. So we're out there with the high schools, we're educating instructors, We're really out there telling the story that the industry will bounce back. It has always bounced back. Uh, It may have changed, but it bounces back. And so don't be afraid of this industry. I wouldn't want to do anything else, pandemic or not. And so we're just trying to be positive with our message to kind of counter some of the stuff that you see on TV that restaurants are are the sources of the pandemic spread. Uh, We are sanitation people. We, we know how to wash our hands and, and wear gloves. I mean, that's what we do. So to really categorize the restaurant industry like that is, is a little tough. So we just did a lot of, um, you know, promoting of the business, really making connections, networking with the local communities. Here in Georgia and DeKalb County, it has the largest workforce base in the country. And it's 80%, well, 70% African-American and minority. So they didn't really have a whole lot of programs centered around culinary education. And so we wanted to create something that was in conjunction with the local community and local colleges. So we have all these network of opportunities for our students to where they're getting opportunities to go to school, get their education, and at the same time, limiting the debt. And I think because we came up with the idea of limited debt, that is what's making a lot of people jump on board because they know that that's what's important right now because proprietary education has been the, the, the underbelly of the industry for so long. Uh, with the waste in the kitchens, with the, you know, the, the malpractices that they use to, in, to recruit students. Um, there was an article put out by Alton Brown, and he was saying that, you know, look, when the cordon Blue shut down, it was just a puppy mill, and it just tore me up because I was director of education. I had, I had a poster on every campus in North America, right? I was the face of it, and it really ate me up, but it was the truth. We were just pumping them out, pumping them out, and we have to really be honest with ourselves and really get back to doing education, especially with culinary arts and hospitality the right way. So, um, you know, we just use that time to just kind of really network and really continue to build our program.
2: Yeah, that's great. And and, uh, what you said about that, uh, that kind of like you turn off fire every day, uh, making solutions. It's it's, it's, like you said, what you do, what we do in in our industry. I'm always saying that probably in every Mm -hmm. industry, there is some people like that. But in, especially in the culinary that we are in the culinary, and I can talk from that standpoint, um, it is something that you have to do every day. And you have to reinvent yourself every day and, and see what's mm-hmm. going on in the market every day. So uh, I think that what you just said is great. And everything that you're doing uh, for the community it sounds amazing. I was reading about you uh, for the podcast. And then before that, whenever Rich mentioned you, I started to do research and everything. And I, and I think it was it's the, everything, the information... Just the hat that you have the name on it. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We're gonna make some questions, and beside that, a couple more. But I think that that's uh, everything that you're doing over there for the community. It sounds like totally amazing and it's something to admire. Thank you.
3: I, I think it's really interesting what Chef Chris said about how you know the industry is reinventing and how, how our culinary industry is having to reinvent ourselves. And I've it's been very heavy on my mind on culinary schools in general. Um, my grandfather started a culinary school in Michigan back in the sixties, I believe um, and it's just it's heartbreaking to see the how the pandemic has really shifted school in general, not just culinary school. But I know Chef Rich was talking about the uh, distant learning online with his kids. And it's just, it, it breaks my heart, you know, to see what, or to even think what is culinary school going to look like, after like post pandemic. Um, so I guess, if, if you could talk about really in more detail like why did you why did you really want to start this institute what inspired you
1: well it was something i wanted to do back when i was the director here at the La blue campus um simply because of the story i told before that especially with in my community you know i i think a lot of times people don't especially young culinaries don't think that they can get to the highest level. And especially in our community, think people that put on a chef coat, they're chefs. And they don't really understand that there's so much more than just put in, putting on that chef coat. And so for me, it was more of, I got to do my part. And I think that's the reason why you look at all the CMCs, there's a, there's a soft spot in us all, regardless of our frames and our demeanor and our reputation. The, why, the reason why we traveled that journey is because we wanted to attain something so that we can get people's attention, so we can share the information that we have, so we can keep our industry going. And I guess that's why I wanted to do this program, because the, the story behind Schuler and the reason why I put Schuler Institute up there is not to glorify my name. I hated the name growing up, because I didn't grow up as Daryl Schuler. I grew up as Daryl Robinson. But my legal last name, when, when I found out my legal last name was Schuler, it made me depressed. And I hated it. It was my father's last name. He was never in my life. And so I just went through life as Daryl Schuler, Daryl Schuler, And then it just became something that people just started to say, Daryl Schuler. and it, it took on a, a reputation. And I'm proud of it. Um, and that's the reason I put the name out there, because I think a lot of people have things in their lives that they're not proud of, but that can be used the right way. You know, that's the tools you need to get going. And so people need to hear that inspiring story. So it's not that I'm bragging about Daryl or Shuler. You know, I didn't want it. Uh, It's something that I built. And so I think you can take the things in your life that is not, you know, pleasant and use them in the right way. Um, But really, I just want to change lives through food. You know, I really just want to keep, you know, young men like myself off the streets. I just want them to understand that they can do great things in their lives. Um, And they can just take their families to a whole nother level. Like I have three, a wife and three daughters, and I'm proud of the life that I've been able to give them. And I put them in a good position that if anything ever happened to me, they're taken care of for the rest of their lives. And that was always my goal. And I didn't have anything starting out. So I want to have a platform that people can come to. And say, hey, you know what? Let me go over to Schuler spot, or maybe even go down to Rich Spot, down to downtown Atlanta, or whatever, to kind of, you know, a place where I can continue to grow and develop as a culinary.
3: That's awesome, and I think chefs would agree that that's that's our goal in life is to change people's lives through food. I would hundred mm-hmm. percent agree with that.
0: And and you know, I also think too, like from the whole, um, you know, the whole name and your your story. I mean, that your story is something that you're sharing with people. And that story is kind of part of the program, you know, that that inspiration. I mean, sometimes, you know, when I would go back, I grew up in southwestern Pennsylvania and uh, Uniontown, uh, south of uh, Pittsburgh. And I anytime I would ever go back there, any opportunities I would get or even if I was in another smaller school, I think it was important to tell people that story of hey, look, I wasn't very good um, in school. I got into a lot of trouble. Uh, you know, my I was you know came from a you know broken home as well, like a lot of other kids. And I, I a lot of people they you know you always get introduced from your uh, accolades and your successes. But I, I really feel like telling people uh, the the trials and tribulations on the way getting there. Is a really powerful thing, and, and you know whatever, all these things that you're talking about. I feel like that is something that when people come to that school, you know, part of that story is also like what differentiates you from some other big culinary program. So I think it's wonderful. Um, what about one one of the things though about what the program I was curious about is, do you feel like um, in your years of, um, of, of of teaching a curriculum? Do you feel like there's aspects of training um, today and the next 10 years that you feel like these are some of the things that maybe we need to think about the things that we teach students? I mean, is it, are there aspects of uh, different cuisines? You know, I mean, you know, you and I know like, we were always like very much like, you know, classical French and you know, this this is the only way that you can, make puff pastry and you know all these different things but i mean do you think it's like uh, different uh, cultures and cuisines or do you think there's a um, uh, an entrepreneur or, uh, or business aspect i mean like what do you think are some of the some of the things maybe that you envision to, to make your program different that you want to kind of uh, the way you want to steer it
2: uh, Chef, oh you, so sorry about that before oh, you sorry. answer that question just to complement it a little bit uh at the same time do you think that the schools they need to what they need to do right now that we are still living about like the COVID situation and what is going to happen after like post COVID situation?
1: That's it. Both, both of you guys got great, great questions. So uh, what I created here is my program is built upon three, three fundamentals. Okay. One is solid technical abilities, because if you get the fundamentals in place, as you know, Rich, you can do pretty much anything once you know the background and the culture. Okay. What's missing is the business aspect. Because a lot of students don't respect the amount of time they spend cutting that pepper that bell pepper that cost seven bucks now instead of it being seven bucks it's fourteen dollars and then you' half ass it anyway, okay so we, we want to make sure students comes out come out a little bit more business savvy and then the three they have to respect the science of food they got to respect from the 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 ground the micro portions of the ground to the plate. They got to understand the whole entire supply chain. So every student that come into our program, they, they always are, are introduced those three fundamentals. But we also focus, we, we do attract. I built this program to kind of resemble how my career was built. So I spent a lot of time in the beginning honing my skills by doing a lot of banquets. So our intro program focuses on a lot of mass production but it's sitting around regional cuisine because students can relate to regional cuisine before you start introducing them to something in Latin America, which is a whole different culture. Right? And then they go through that intro program, which is only six months. Um, and then they can go into our advanced one program, which is more sitting around international cuisine. And the reason why I did it this way, because I think you need to have more than just one day studying Latin American cuisine. And some schools, you touch it for one day and then you move on to Scandinavian and like, what did you learn? Nothing. In order for you to master those cuisines, you got to understand the people. So I don't have instructors teaching those classes. I have people from those countries teaching those classes. Wow. So I reached out to the local consulates. And so we're working together to supply the international portion of that program into our program. So now our students are being global citizens from the, the, the base here in the Schuller Institute. Uh, and then our, our oh, final program is where we take students and really teach them how to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> Uh, business minded, teaching them how to create a business plan um, and teaching them how to really learn from chefs. Like our our students study chefs, like our students are going to study Rich and his mindset and what he creates and his style of food. Thomas Keller, all the great chefs in America, you need to understand and study the chefs versus studying just different cuisines. And I think that's what I feel is needed to get you from being a novice as a cook to mastering your craft. Because there's a lot of people that have mastered the art of cooking. We just decided to go and take the Chef exam to prove it. And so I really want our students to really understand all of that. Um, and I'm taking this approach that is a little bit more raw, because I want to be able to adapt my curriculum each and every year. So we have one start in January, we end in, in December. We spend the holiday season doing, you know, curriculum development. Our faculty goes on sabbatical. Then we come back in the beginning of the year with a revised curriculum. Now, I always wanna keep our program fresh. I always wanna keep our program at the cutting edge of culinary arts. Because when you think about John Hopkins University or Emory University, all of those are educational institutes that that is at the forefront of their industry. So why can't culinary be at the forefront of our industry, the latest technique, the latest modern trend and really keep up with that momentum. So our students are always in tune with what's going on out in the industry. And to to kind of continue on this, we've also created our classroom to be in different locations, meaning that our partnership with our beef beef supplier, we're going to their cut shop to see how things are done. Or I have like 20 different farmers around the area that we're going there to learn how, you know, they plant their crops and how they harvest their crops and then bring that product back to the school to use it and be able to feature it here in our restaurant. So I really thought about this to really go outside the box of typical culinary education. And a lot of people may look at it and say, I don't know, but I think you gotta walk on the edge in order to get some growth to really see what can be done. And that's where we are right now. I'm proud about what we've created. There's never been, there hasn't been a person that we pitched our program to that didn't understand where we was coming from because it took the mystique out of culinary education and it made it transparent so there's no hidden agenda here.
3: I think that's great that you're taking them to the farms to see how they're being, the crops are being planted. I think that's mm-hmm. so important. I think that's, I think that's something different and unique as part of your institute that you don't see in other culinary schools, at least not that I'm aware of. And I, I think that is really, really something special.
0: Well, yeah. And you know, you see how fragile the whole restaurant ecosystem the hospitality ecosystem really was in 2020 i mean it took you know this i mean obviously the pandemic is a major uh occurrence but really restaurants even when times are good are very difficult uh businesses to manage i mean you're dealing with a perishable um uh, product and you got narrow margins so I think, you know, what 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 I really like that you're saying is really kind of getting the students to kind of walk on the edge a little bit and to kind of think differently. And sometimes you don't always know exactly where that's going to lead. But the main thing is you're going forward instead of just trying to say, well, we're just going to do this, the status quo, what everybody's always done. I mean, I love that. I love that about all the things that you've been doing. I feel like taking that into the uh, in, into the culinary training is really like we, we owe that to the people that we are training like the next generation of cooks like we can't just say hey do this because this is what we've been doing for the la- next 20 years and you and also I mean I sometimes I get kind of frustrated with people uh, on you, you know that you're going to look on social media and people sometimes are going to say stuff that is maybe uh, negative and, you know, it's like they, they get pissed off because, you know, you're doing something that is, you know, different or whatever. You know, there's always those jealousy aspects with with people. But, I mean, to me, it's almost like you you got to really kind of think about from a young person coming up in the culinary industry, you can't get mad at them because maybe they're doing things differently I mean they've grown up differently. I mean, look at, like, technology in the last several years. I mean, you can't get mad at somebody – for embracing technology i mean we would have done it we were walking around with like flip phones and all that stuff when it first came out i mean but it's it's great i love i love the uh the the energy and the direction that you're taking it and i think you've got so much runway ahead of uh the program
1: thank you rich Uh,
2: i wanted to uh just to add a a little bit about what you what you just said and, and and say it again uh that what you said and rachel mentioned it about keep, like, learning from different kind of cuisine, the schools, is usually, usually they give you the base, the base to, to start off and to say, I know a little bit about, let's say, U.S. cuisine, but just to keep growing and to, to keep being a better professional, you need to keep learning every day. And it's, it's constant during your entire life. Uh, I, I probably I met about, like, five CMC uh, throughout the years that I've been working uh, with Rich. And I noticed that, that all of them, they're always like learning a little bit more and they're, they never stop. And that's one of the things that I, people that I talk to from schools and, and, and different places, they always ask me like, what is a CMC? And they, they, because you Master Chef, and the first thing that pops to people's mind is the TV show. And I'm always like, no, 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 wait. It's, it's a whole different world. And probably, and, and I'm always saying, right now I think that there is, they are, uh, 72 cmc uh in u.s and and it's not something that is is easy it's not something that you're gonna say oh no i'm gonna take it tomorrow as soon as i end up school and i'm gonna go for the cmc because i want to be the youngest one and i'm like no it's not like that i i met people like rich that is an entrepreneur and he's always like learning more and lear- learning more and from everyone like what you 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 everything that you're saying right now people from uh, a CMC from Michigan, no, from Detroit, I forgot his name, uh, that he's working. In a, he was working in a country club when I met him. And they're always like, they have this young spirit that they need to keep learning, feeding themselves and to feed other people and young culinarians. And I think that that's great because to, to say that you're in a, a cook that knows about international cuisine is not just about five years it's, it's studying in a university or institute. It's way more than that. And I think that what you have in place about your online classes, what Rich has in his online classes and everything that is, for me, it's great to see that everyone is trying to put out there everything that they learn and they're trying to pass that to another young culinary. And I think that that's great. And and I really want to mention that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, And I think it's so important because, Um, You know, Rich mentioned something about all the hate that you typically get. So let me tell you this story since I have this platform. So when I was taking or preparing for the CMC exam, all I heard was that they would never let a black man win or get into the CMC exam. That's what they would say. And I was like, BS. And I'm not going to curse on your show, Rich. That's okay. It's uh, it's been done. (laughs) But um, I was like, I was like, BS, BS. It can be done. And they're not there being gatekeepers because you can't BS yourself through eight days of that doggone test because it's real deal. There's nothing fluff about it. And I want to show people out there that there are gatekeepers out there, you know, that you can fight through and break through barriers. And especially people of color, because everything is so polarized and everything is like you need to stay in your corner with your community and we'll stay in ours. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to become a global citizen to where you listen to everyone's story. And you sit down and you study them. You ask them questions and ask Rich, hey, how did your mom make her pancakes? And I'll tell you how my mom made her pancakes. And then we'll go on a journey of culinary exchange. And before you know it, you've learned a whole lot. So I think it's so important that when we are putting this information out there is that we're just trying to just, you know, turn down the volume on all the hate. Like we have so much information that we want to share. That's the reason why we work so hard to be at this level, because we just want to share it so people can use it for the right reason. And for me, I think I have an obligation to really be a voice to show that it can be done. And I just want to give them the tools to really be able to get it done.
0: Well, and, you know, I've I've always gravitated toward um, attitudes like that, because there's there's always going to be people out there from all over the world from all over the internet that are always going to get their uh psychological jollies off of maybe tearing something down or some, you know something negative about somebody but you know i mean what you're doing is a it is a, it's a noble thing it's a noble thing to be giving back and contributing and sharing your knowledge i mean we're not holding things back and i think that there's a ripple effect and and actually, you know, from a selfish standpoint, it's like there we do get something back from that. You know, we we. I mean, I, I was telling the story from one of my mentors, um, Peter Timmons, uh, who had passed away, and here I am uh, echoing lessons, things that he's taught me that he shared with me. Uh, so he almost kind of like continued to live on through the people that he inspired. So I think that it's always the better route to take the high road and to, 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 to say, you know what? I mean, you, like you said, you're like, I'm going to take that exam. And you know what, when you go and you take that exam, there is nowhere to hide. I mean, you put yourself out there and that alone, even going and doing that intimidates a lot of people. Right. I mean, it just does. So, you know, I think it's uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very good thing to, to not be held back by all the, the, naysayers because there's always going to be so many of them um, everywhere you go as far as the menu with the restaurant is there are there any items that are that you feel like are kind of signature ones or any of the ones that you kind of put on that are like your favorite ones to cook or it's like man this is like this is the one or the you know one that you always do with the students like what are some um some favorite aspects of the of the menu
1: well, just things that are passionate to me. I love, I love braising. So, you know, I have a short rib, uh, actually it's a braised chuck flat meat that I use on my menu. And the reason why I love it, cause my mother used to make it all the time. Oh and really? She, she would wake up every Saturday and, and make a full meal. Now, when I grew up, you had like one item for dinner. And when I say one item, it was like okra. And yeah. then on <laughs> Tuesday you'll have greens and that's just how it was. So that was always something that you know kind of kept me connected to my roots you know my mother passed away a couple of years ago so you know I always try to put something like that on the menu and plus it kind of tells the story of the 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 origins of cooking because you know it was really you know either it was over flame or in a pot or vessel you know one pot cooking uh so you collect all those nutrients and all those ve- all those vegetables and all those flavor profiles and the the tenderness of the beet and stuff you know that's always a way to really show the essence of cooking through, for me, I like braising and like sous vide. And that's one of the things that you, you do uh, a lot, Rich. You know, So um, I do all, all kinds of things. It's hard to say one thing in particular. Um, we try to change the menu as often as possible um, because we really wanna make sure that we are being innovative, um, but at the same time, really showcasing those fundamentals um, because that's the most important thing is to sure that the students understand proper cooking techniques um, respecting the food and, um, and just being as innovative as possible.
0: Is there any um, cuisines or any um, uh, different cultures right now that, you know, in the last couple of years, I mean, you know, like uh, South American has gotten really popular. I mean, is there any, or do you, do you've kind of really truly kind of considered to be more globally uh, influenced? Um, what, what are probably some of the regions around the world uh, or are there any or is it more American?
1: Well, that, that's a good question, Rich. I think uh, over the years uh, from just, you know, competing and just striving to be a CMC that I became uh, skilled in pretty much all of it, of just studying it all. Uh, then recently I started to identify myself as a chef and what Daryl likes to do. And so that's where, you know, it goes back to that story I was telling earlier is to really elevate or to expand upon Southern cuisine or soul food. Okay, uh, I grew up in Florida, so I have a little bit of that Caribbean flair in there as well. So that Caribbean style, which I love seafood, but I grew up in Central Florida, so we had a lot, of, ate a lot of freshwater fish. Um, I remember as a little kid, the man would drive around in our neighborhood with buckets of fish, like mullet and catfish, and me and my brother would go back on the picnic table and gut the fish with all the cats in the neighborhood standing around. So some of the, some of those are my stories there. But I'm really, I'm really digging deep into identifying my roots, Rich. Uh, I really want to get back to who I am as a, just as an African American chef, and how do I tell that story in a level, on a level that really respects my journey here? You know, being on the Olympic team and having that refinement, I think is my obligation to really show that cuisine on a higher level, that it can be done at the highest level as well as comfort food that you have at your dinner table. Um, So I'm still trying to feel my way through that. Um, But I'm, I'm a student of it all. I love it all. There's not a cuisine around the world that I don't enjoy.
3: Chef, you mentioned, well, we know you have the Institute and farmed. Can you talk a little bit more about Plated Online?
1: So played it online we created this so that we can go after those you know the people who love watching videos online and really doing mm-hmm. uh you know co-sharing information virtually um so we created a network of shelves to where they come up with a cuisine that they like and and they'll do like a you know cook along um but we created also these meal boxes where we ship them to our guests And in that meal kit, they have all these different ingredients in there and they'll have all the different steps in which they can kind of do some pre-planning, pre-prepping, and then they'll log on and then either myself or one of my other executive chefs will go on and they'll do that class with them. Uh, We've created some wine pairing classes. So we have some clean wines that we partner with a vineyard out from Napa uh, to where they ship, direct ship those wines to the consumer. So now you have these created events to where it's wine pairing, cheese pairings or whatever. Even we have custom beers that we send out as well. Um, but also plate is where we bring individuals on campus here to actually cook in our kitchen, to really feel like what it what it means to be a chef in the kitchen. So we have, you know, classes from like chocolate to, you know, sugar pulling or, you know, grilling outside, just, you know, all kinds of fun platforms for the enthusiasts. And that's what Plated is all about, is just getting the community in, the novice, the food lovers, the people who think they're chefs, but they're not chefs, but they love the grill, uh, giving them a platform to really showcase, and then also showcasing chefs as well.
3: I really think that that will, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing through the pandemic, has that, has that like kicked off even more?
1: It, it, it took off like fire. So we are doing classes with a lot of local restaurant groups. So they see our platform because they trust that my, my, my creative team is going to go in and really do an event that's going to be customized for them. And that's really what people want, customized events that is unique. Because right now, everybody's doing the same. So if you got something that's really Mm -hmm. unique, then that's going to draw the attention. So we really work close with their marketing team to create something that is fun, unique, to help promote their business. Because they're looking for ways to get the word out about their restaurant. How do we survive? How do we get more marketing? So that's what we do. We market the different uh, restaurants to different chefs, uh, people who wrote books. You know, how do we get that word out as well? Um, we're working a lot with the local high schools, so we partner with the state of Georgia and the Department of Labor to where we created like an apprenticeship program to where a lot of these kids are getting those core fundamentals in school, and we're using that as a stepping stone to get into our apprenticeship program, and half of that program is virtual. So we have a local college that would give them like a dual enrollment to where those school, those, those credit hours can transfer into the, the, the school, not only that school, but Schuler Institute as well. So we really worked out a lot of opportunities, so that from high school all the way to the, you know, the novice can can have a platform to just stay engaged in the industry.
2: That's
3: great. It sounds like the future. <clears throat> just just, trying, to, head just head trying to just trying to do
1: my down. part, you know.
2: Uh, right, sure. Yeah. The question about the uh, it, it really surprised me that, um, and it took my attention that you highlighted the. ED in, in the restaurant and for the online. W- what is that about?
1: I'm glad that- you recognize that. That means my marketing works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just want people to always understand that it's education.
2: Oh, you know, okay. So e-
1: even with the farm ED, uh, plated ED, um, you know, there's always, it's not just cooking. We're going to make sure you walk away understanding why, how, and when you should cook that. You know, give people information, you know. And I think if you do that, then you, you capture them. It's just not them eating food and leaving. If you can let them walk away understanding that this dish is from this place and this is what I've learned, they're going to go talk about it when they go home right. and then they're going to remember you when that next time, when, when they want to come back to your facility again. So I think for me, I think survival in this industry and carving out our piece of the pie is making sure that anyone that is involved with any of the Daryl Schuler Hospitality Group ventures learns something from their experience.
2: That's that's uh, that's great, and and, and I I, ne- I never thought about that. I, I, I was trying to figure it out. What was the E? What what does stand for? And and now that you said it, I mean it, it's great. And and yeah, I, I noticed that you highlight in different colors and, and sometimes in caps whenever you were uh, in mm-hmm. some articles and, and and things like that. Um and, and talking about that too, uh what what and why did you decide to follow the culinary path? What was your motivation and and the, probably the the piece to say like I need to go for this career?
1: Beautiful story. So um when I went in high school I was really good at basketball. I was like one of the top players in the state, and I thought I was gonna have a career in basketball. Um So I came to Atlanta in 92 and I remember watching the Braves play baseball and it was that one year. There you go. The basketball. (laughs) Yes. Um, And and I saw this commercial about culinary arts. Right. And it was something about this commercial. I kid you not. It had to be from God because something said, that's what I want to do the gentleman walked into this dining room of people and everyone just stood up and start clapping for him. And I don't know, it was my ego talking that I want people clapping for me, but it was just something about that that said, I want to do that. And I remember um, going down to the school and I didn't have any resources. I didn't have any money. I just went down there to talk to the enrollment counselor and I was able to enroll in school. And from that point on, it was history. And what's really special about this story here, guys, that 20 years to the year I have my own national commercial with that same school. And, and, and that, that's, what's really special about it. And I tell young people, like, if you can find your passion early on in life, maximize the hell out of it, like mm-hmm. grind it out as much as you can, use your youth to your advantage, travel the world, network with people, learn from people, fail as much as you want, but get up and keep running because that's, that's the, you know, that's for me, I think that's the secret. It's like doing it while you young so that you can reap the rewards as you're older, you know, but, but going back to you, to, to the sport thing, culinary is a sport and that's what a lot of people don't understand. It is a sport because you have to work as a team. You got to maneuver as a team. You got people, coaches, you know, chefs guiding you and, 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 and getting you going. And the more you work at something, the better you become. So the more free throws I shot, the better I become, And the more times I'm working on my knife skills, the better I become. And so uh, I look at my institute as a playground or a field or a basketball court. And if you want to get better at your craft, come get on this court and learn how to play the game and not just dribble the ball with one hand, get in there and play the game, get roughed up, learn how it feels to be in the kitchen, and you can really see the reward uh, early on in your career. So uh, that's a great point with the sport thing. I like that.
2: Yeah. And uh, I would say also, now that you said that, I mean, it's it's totally true that the kitchen is, you got to work as a team. Uh, Mm -hmm. You don't have a whole team. Probably you're not going to get as far as you you can get with a whole team. And talking about teams, um, what did inspire you to be like always involved in competitions?
1: I guess that that sport thing, you know, just something about, when I was growing up in Florida as a young kid, I was 10 years old playing against 20-year-old men. And they didn't care how small you are or you were, they just beat you up. And you, if you're gonna play, you gotta play with them. Uh, and that competition piece is important because in order for you to survive in this industry, you gotta be competitive. You gotta be competitive with the people that's on the line with you, because that's really where you get your development from is the person on that saute station that's smoking you on the line, keep up with them. Um, and then as a, as a restaurant owner, business owner, you gotta look at your competitors And it don't have to be nasty, but you got to see what they're doing and say, hey, I need to keep up. I need to evolve as well. So I think if you're not competitive minded, you're going to be left behind. And as a competitor, you always got to innovate. I remember going down to Jacksonville for a competition. I'm leaving Atlanta. I'm the last one to cook at this convention center in Jacksonville. And they didn't tell me that I have to do my meal on butane burners. So I'm not going to sit there and cry about it or pitch a fit. I said, okay, Daryl, let's get on it. Let's cook this shit. Let's go. And I did my thing, and I won. So that's – got to be a competitor. And I think having that experience of being on a competition team and having the experience to work with Chef Rich back in the day, which I was, like, in awe of, because I remember my first time working on the on the Olympic team in Westchester, uh, me and Matarazzo was doing their prep for the national team. And I was just honored just to, like, clean up his – tools or sweep the floor. I was just so honored just to be on that Olympic team. And so uh, anyone that's out there, you don't have to be on the Olympic team, anything like that. But I think you got to have a competitive heart in order to really be successful in this industry. Right.
3: One last question for me, I guess, um, would be what, what do you find most gratifying through education and teaching?
1: Um, What's gratifying is seeing someone that you inspired years ago and seeing where they are today, Uh, because it really shows that planting that seed um, and and going back and reaping that reward. I think that's that's true legacy there. Matter of fact, I had a young man who is the executive chef at one of the largest um, uh, facilities here in Atlanta, uh, the Cobb Galleria Energy Center. Mm -hmm. He's the executive chef there. And he was a student of mine back in the day. So he came by and we were just talking he was telling me some of the things that I told him that still stuck with him today. And it was humbling because I don't even remember it, but it (laughs) made, it made a difference in this guy's life. So I think inspiration and carrying yourself in a way where people can say, I never met that guy before, but I damn sure want to be like that guy. Mm -hmm. That makes a huge difference in people's lives, because if it's not you. It's going to be some criminal that they're going to see as an idol and they're going to find themselves in a different situation. So for me, I just, what's gratifying is just seeing people really take the information that you gave them and just run with it, you know, and that's all we want. If I give it to you, go run with it. Just don't let it sit off to the side and you don't do anything with it.
0: Right. Well, I know Daryl, we're getting uh, coming up here on the hour, so we're going to be uh, kind of winding down with some questions. Of course, we could talk with you all day, and this has been this has been a real treat. Um, I wanted to ask you, as far as like with twenty twenty one, are there any things that you're kind of like feeling like in twenty twenty one? This is what I'm really looking forward to, or uh, here's things that I'm going to really want to be able to be focusing on. Because as you know, twenty twenty has kind of been just dealing with the punches, but what are you kind of looking forward to for, uh, for, next so for
1: 2021? Uh, I'm just looking forward to just really uh, getting these initiatives uh, going. We actually have a facility in Milwaukee that we're going to launch the second Schuler Institute. We have, right. We wow, have another amazing. location in Pine Bluff, Arkansas that we're working on as well. And then we're having conversations with Nashville. So um, those are the initiatives that we are going to tackle in 2021, and we're just going to keep rocking and rolling each and every day, just working hard and just, man, just going with so it, Rich, you know, and and helping as many people as I possibly can.
0: That's awesome. awesome. That is, uh, man, it's that's uh, exciting. That I, you know, with us, I mean, our whole uh, tagline is food, inspiration, and adventure, and and we really try to we want to talk with people that we feel uh, feed into that, and, and you definitely do. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to let you know, I mean, I, I've always valued, uh, you know, our, our relationship and even from the very first time that we've met. And it's just been uh, wonderful to watch what you're doing, because I know uh, from the inspiration standpoint of training uh, apprentices at the Greenbrier, you know, your work uh, is inspiring other people. There's a, there's a whole generation of people that are looking to what you're doing and it's, it's going to help. It's going to do so much good. It's going to shape so many people that otherwise may have not really known like what their path should be. So, you know, we wanted to give you the uh, opportunity to talk with you. And I think it's just important work and it's inspiring. And uh, man, I wish you just all the success for the rest of the year, next year. And we'll have to check in with you again next year and uh, just follow up on all these other exciting initiatives.
1: Rich, thank you so much for this opportunity. And thank you, Chris and Rachel, for uh, being a part of this. And I wish you all much success, many blessings, stay safe. And if you're ever in Atlanta, you need some help down there at your Spot Ridge, call on me, man. We'll come down there and help you out, buddy. Uh, but much, we much love to you it. all. Thank you very much, man.
2: Uh, Chef, uh, before we well. go, uh, if you can mention where people can find you or where people can reach out to you in case they, they're looking for the uh, classes or they want to go and work for you or something like that, if you can mention all of that, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, whatever you prefer to get in touch.
1: Sure. You can follow me on social media. All of my so- social media platform is uh, Daryl Schuler CMC, um, and you can also go to our website. Just go to SchulerInstitute.com, and that'll lead you into the other uh, opportunities that we have, as well as plated the catering company, as well as the um, the farm restaurant. So SchulerInstitute.com. That's where you find me.
2: Thank you very much, Chef. Thank,
1: Thank you, guys. That was
0: good. Thank All right, Darryl, so take much.
1: care, man. You so buddy. Thank you.
0: Hey guys, thank you very much. And a big thank you to Daryl Schuler. I think you see why we invited him on the show. What a great guy and an inspiring chef. Uh, this is the big reason why we continue to do the podcast. It's not just to say we're doing a podcast. We really want to invite people on the show that inspire us, that inspire you and people that we can learn from. And Daryl is no exception to that great chef check him out next time you're in atlanta he's doing some amazing things also you can watch all of the shows at Rosendell collective on youtube we have a video version of all of the shows and also everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts we're on all the major platforms stitcher itunes spotify you name it you can find the show it's the let's dig in podcast Also, the show would not be possible without the support of all of our sponsors. Vitamix, thank you very much. They also, you can check out their entire line of blenders. Uh, They have the Quiet One. They have the Prep 3. They have the XL. Whatever you need for your blending, they have the blender to fit and fill your needs. Also, thank you to the ISVA, the International Sous Vide Association. These guys, are they're involved with everybody that is the who's who of sous vide. If you like cooking sous vide and you wanna learn more about sous vide, check out the ISVA, check out their website. They also do an outstanding summit every year uh, and they're really a great organization. Also, thank you to Verlasso Salmon. Verlasso raises sustainable salmon uh, out of Chile, South America, incredible product, buttery, flaky, delicious, firm texture. Uh, And that's what we use in our restaurants. That's what we use for our catering events. You name it, it's great salmon, Verlasso salmon. Also, thank you to Hankelman. Hankelman makes some cutting edge uh, vacuum sealers. They're they're really considered to be more of a multi-vac. They can do more things than just a traditional vacuum sealer. So if you're cooking sous vide and you want a uh, a vacuum sealer that can do more, that can really have multi-uses, check out their vacuum sealers. They're an incredible product. Also, thank you to Comey. Comey Comey.com K-O-H-M-E-E is cutting edge recipe and menu management software. That's what we use for our restaurants and all of our businesses to manage all of our recipes so that our entire team is always on the same page. And most of all, thank all of you for continuing to support what we do. Uh, We love you and we couldn't do the show without you. So next week, we have another great guest and we will see you. Stay safe.